episode 38. Steamy sea breezes, wood smoke on the air, fife from one street away, the first Macs are off the tree. Greetings and welcome into the Patuxet General. I am your host, Jess. This week has been everything that everyone comes to Rhode Island for. Sea, sun, food, and relaxation. It's the beginning of apple season, and while our baked apples are baking, we can take a trip down the block for a PTX Cosmopolitan. After that, a short walk up the street to Seaview Park, then back to the General Kitchen, where we can tackle Sean Connery Biscotti, also known as Nuts to You. But first, I need to thank our Patreon subscribers. These generous folks are the prosciutto burrata and smoked maple cheddar of the charcuterie board that is the Patuxent general, without whom we would merely be nuts. So thank you. If you would like to join our selection of generous people, either follow the link in the show notes or go to our page on Patreon. Joining will give you extra content, photos to go along with the dishes or drinks, and up-to-date news on Patuxent General pop-ups. But until then, I need to get this apple into the oven before my walk. This recipe is baked early Macintosh. This week, I went to my local farm and got some of the first of the season's apples, early Macintosh. These are good for cooking or eating. They have red and green highlights and are crisp and sweet. I was feeling a walk coming up, so I thought we might pop these in the oven. Preheat your oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. For this recipe, you will need a small bake dish that will hold your apples. Four apples. One corer or spoon to scrape out the core. 1 half cup butter, salted and softened, 1 half cup sugar, 1 half cup brown sugar, 2 tablespoons of cinnamon, and 6 tablespoons of flour. Let's start with the apples while the butter softens. This is so that the filling doesn't leak through. Put them aside in the baking dish. Next, combine the softened butter, flour, cinnamon, and sugars together to make a paste. And then stuff the apple cavities with it and bake for one hour. Then sit down with this bit of late summer in a bowl with perhaps whipped cream or ice cream and enjoy. While mine is baking, I'm going to go for a little walk down the street to the PTX Lounge and get a PTX Cosmopolitan. Theirs is so zesty and fresh, I just had to share. It contains St. Elderflower liqueur, grapefruit, infused vodka, ruby red grapefruit juice, and lemon juice. Now, of course, it is served chilled and strained in a fabulous glass, which you can enjoy while drinking in the fabulous view. Until fortified enough to continue on your walk. I want to tell you about my friend Mike and his Electromagnetic Pinball Museum and Restoration Arcade. It's an all-inclusive place to relax and share anything related to modern pinball, EM pinball, and arcade games. A group of pinball and arcade fans with an addiction to games of all kinds and Lego, too. $10 gets you free play on pinball and arcade games all day. You can find them at 881 Main Street, Pawtucket, Rhode Island, or online at www.electromagneticpinballmuseum.com. (laughs) 
So last evening, I went to check out the view at Seaview Park so that I could tell you about the view. While on my walk, I saw a friend outside the PTX Lounge on Aborn Street. We went inside for a drink, and of course, I had the signature cocktail. I asked some friends and neighbors at the bar about their own local ghost stories. I jotted some of these down, quick spooky events around town. My friend T started by saying that in the restaurant where she works, she sometimes feels an ominous presence in the kitchen at night when everyone is gone, and the kitchen lights would turn themselves on repeatedly, no matter how many times she turned them off. This spurred a discussion of supposedly local haunted restaurants. They mentioned the XO Cafe, Leo's, and even the PTX itself, which seems to have a protective, comforting feeling attributed to their female haunt with a penchant for opening and closing doors. The patron next to me talked about the house she grew up in. The house itself was built in 1720. Her aunt had told her that she would never sleep in the room that was her bedroom now. Then one morning, clear as day, while she was getting up, she hears so close to her ear, Good morning. In a man's voice. There were no men living in the house at that time. <coughs> then... My good friend Jay told the tale about which passers-by had seen phantom criminals hanging from an ancient tree out front a neighborhood church. A Patuxet ranger, when pushed to reveal local lore, told how an entitled young Patuxet man gravely insulted a local witch before he left on a voyage. She cursed him to never set foot alive again on this shore. He was distracted with worry the entire trip. Weeks later, upon returning, he spies the witch waiting on the dock. He is so excited about his safe return that he grabbed a rope to hold him while he got off and grabbed a halyard instead of a ratline and was killed. I wonder if he haunts her. Well, by now, I was full of stories and Cosmo. So I thanked everybody and went on my way to Seaview Park. So, continue down the hill of Aborn Street towards the water. Geese greet you at the bottom, and if they're swimming, you've gone too far. Turn left onto Springwood Street at the marina ramp, and walk up the gentle hill which brings you to your right turn onto Sheldon Street. This view takes your breath away as you head east. You walk along the long view of the cove itself, the boats, ducks, and heron, just being still. A light, constant breeze is scented of seawater and compels you to breathe deeply. Any further from this point is walk-in access only. No cars need apply. So, continue on Sheldon, if you can tear yourself away, and turn right onto Fort Avenue. The houses in this area are gorgeous, if perhaps a bit haunted, as I know from first-hand experience, which I told about in episode 29. Only this walk-by, I didn't have a dog with me. But I knew that if she could have still been with me, she would have barked at that house, then jumped in the cove. Next, you pass the Patuxet Cove Marina on your right, and it doesn't get much more New England than that view of our bridge from the other side of the cove. You continue until you reach Sea View Avenue on the left-hand side. Then, turn left and follow this blissful scenic access-only road to the end at Sea View Park. Majestic at times is the description of the houses along the way. Some of them have water views from both sides of the peninsula. But the park itself is modest at best. For being number two on Cranston's list of public access to the Rhode Island coast, it's awfully unassuming. Just a small ramp and a bench, but oh, what a view. You can just sit quietly and watch the business of the village. 
The lights at dusk look like a carnival. You could launch a kayak from here, but you would have to hoof it in or out because of parking restrictions. That said, it is a great place to drop your friend and park your car a bit away. Several times a year, fireworks happen in the cove, and this space is prime. If you want to see it for yourself, it is Sea View Park, Sea View Avenue, Cranston, Rhode Island. Hope to see you there, but right now, I have to go back to the general and make Sean Connery Biscotti, also known as nuts to you. Often when the kitchen is hot and you have to come up with a recipe in the spur of the moment, well, people get silly. I had to come up with a spur of the moment biscotti recipe and I was hungry. I really wanted a nuts granola bar. So I brought out all the nuts from the cooler at Little Falls and quickly put it into action. My friend and coworker M asked what it was called and I said, nuts to you in my best Connery. One spit take and clean up later. This complex nutty biscotti was born. This is not to be attempted around nut allergy folk. The variety alone means that nut dust goes everywhere. All right, so let's get into this. For this recipe, you will need your biscotti rules, like we talked about last week in episode 37 in general. I will sum up. For this recipe, you will need a sifter or bowl and strainer, one parchment-lined cookie sheet or bake pan, a mixer or a very stiff mixing spoon, a bowl for either, a brush for egg wash, one cup of well-softened unsalted butter, one cup of sugar, one teaspoon of vanilla, real extract makes all the difference, one teaspoon of maple extract or syrup, six eggs, five for the recipe and one beaten for egg wash, four and one half cups sifted flour, three teaspoons baking powder, and three quarters of a teaspoon salt. Also, one half of each of the five kinds of nuts, plus one half cup of sliced almonds for the topping. I chose walnuts, whole almonds, pistachios, sliced almonds, and macadamia nuts. First, preheat your oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. This recipe wants to go right into the oven as soon as it's shaped, so be ready. Add the butter and sugar to the bowl and beat until fluffy. Then add the extracts and five eggs, keeping one separate for the wash later. Mix while stopping from time to time to scrape down the sides of the bowl to better incorporate the batter. When it's mixed, set aside while we sift the dry ingredients. Sifting is key. Literally sift the flour, salt, and baking powder together three times. After that, you can gently mix in the sifted dry ingredients into the wet. Scrape down the sides and go slow. Nobody wants flour all over their face. Once mostly incorporated, stop and roast your nut selection in a dry pan on medium-low heat, keeping out one half cup sliced almonds for the top. Shake the pan a bit and roll them around, and as soon as you smell them, stop. Remove from the heat and the pan. After a minute or two, put them in the batter, which should be as thick as chocolate chip cookie dough by now. Mix in with just a few turns and stop. Scrape out into one or two loaves, depending on how big you like your biscotti. I suggest two 3 by 14 inch loaves side by side lengthwise pressed with the parchment paper around them into rounded at the top rectangles. Then 
Brush them with the beaten leftover egg and cover with the sliced almonds. Bake for 15 minutes or until you have bounce back. Then remove from the oven and let cool for 15 minutes. When mostly cool, cut the loaves at an angle, one inch apart, and lay them down on the cut side, next to but not touching the other pieces. Return these to the oven for another 15 minutes or until the middles have bounced back and cool to set a bit before turning them over to the other cut side and baking for 10 more minutes or until they don't bounce back dry but not burned. If they look too dark golden, take them out and cool them on a rack. These can be eaten warm and are amazing that way, but as a cookie for dipping into coffee, well, that's my way. Nutty, crunchy, so sweet and salty it quips back. Nuts to you. So make some yourself and enjoy. We want to thank you again for joining us today at the PG. If for any reason you'd like to reach out to us for, say, a recipe question, a pop-up general store order, or a local ghost story like our At The Bar ghost stories this week, our email is jess at patuxetgeneral.com. Please listen, rate, review, and subscribe. That way you never miss anything. You can find us anywhere you receive podcasts or patuxetgeneral.com. We love to hear from you. But until then, I'll meet you right back here next time at the Patuxet General. A Something for Posterity production. Pre-recorded in Patuxet. <laughs>